Welcome to this week's episode of the Sore Ramble with me, David, or Sore Monkey, with Ryan, aka It's Haber, and with Chris, aka Ballstar. How are we doing, chaps? How you doing, Ryan? Chilling, man. I'm good. Where's the energy? Come on, Dave. Why don't you scream the house down? We've got a whole pile of shit for rewards this week. Come on. Yeah, it has been a pretty shocking week, but uh, we have you on one week for the energy and I bring it down, you know, <laughs> the OAP level. But uh, what about you, Chris? Having a good week? Uh, not on so rare, really, but life, but, yeah, life's all right. Life's all good, but uh, same as you guys, really. Bad week on so rare, terrible rewards. You didn't get flooded, did you, last week? Because you were you were in the red zone, weren't you, last weekend? Yeah, it was bad. Um, I had to pick a little one up from school early on Friday. Um, just got just rained for two days straight. But, uh, um, yeah, no, we're all right. Where I am, I'm pretty high up. So, yeah, not a problem for me. But, yeah, Sheffield is, is not a good city when it rains at all. <laughs> So Chris may have a limited, a small limited gallery on so rare, but he, he told us earlier that he actually lives in a castle on the top of a hill. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he likes to keep it real though with the, you know, the peasants in the limited. Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. So what, what about the weekend then? What what happened, Ryan? We we all oh. did. We might as well talk about this now because it's not exactly going to be a long segment. I feel. And that is the little competition we ran last week. We, we, the AI, me, Chris, and you all picked your teams. Am, am I the only one that ended up with a reward? Probably. Probably. Think, yeah, no. And that was like a T5 rare and 0.03 ETH. Pretty yeah. grim all round. Yeah, it was, a, it was a stinker of a, it was a stinker of a week for me. Um, Kimmich getting a red card. <laughs> He's in my bad books now. He is well and truly in my bad books. Um, so early as well, didn't fourth it? minute, eleven point three points. How are you going into a game right in four minutes, losing three duels and getting a red card? You gotta say what a game for Kimmich that was. And Bayern won eight nil, eight nil. Oh, the thing is, I feel like he killed a lot of lineups. I feel like I'm not the only one. It's him, him and Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies is thirty nine points. After 66 minutes, and Kimmich with 11.3 points after four minutes. Everyone else, you got Masrawi at 100, Sané on 100, Kane on 100, Kim on 68, Muziala 92.5, Lehman 75.9, Muller off the bench in 25 minutes 94.2, and then you just got that absolute pleb on 11.3. Um, so yeah, yeah, he 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 killed my week before it started. Twenty conceding late on, conceding in the 86th minute. Through gear Truder. I don't, I don't I didn't watch the games, so I don't know how the goal went in. Um it was a right-footed shot from the very close range to the top left corner following a corner, according to Sarah Data. So that uh, that that pretty much killed me and Captain 40 Super Air as well. Um well that and, and my captain missing a big chance and ending on 22 points. 
Let me scroll down, see how 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 else we got fucked. Uh, Berardi dropping a thirty nine point six. Great, cheers, buddy. Just amazing. Thank you. Hasn't scored since I fucking won him. Um, we got Brug. Brug failing to keep a clean sheet, and De Kuiper only getting about ten minutes off the bench. Fun. He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. I got rid of him. He's gone. You're you're gone. You're out of here. Both of them actually. Mignolet's gone as well. I can't deal with him anymore. When I was in school, he used to play for Liverpool. And we used to call him Mino Let Me Me Mino Keep a Clean Sheet instead of Mignolet. That's what we used to call him because he was dog shit and he still is. I don't know how he's playing for Brug at, at 35. He's got no arms. Um, anything else? Oh, yeah. May United boys in Captain 40 Rare managed a total of 227 points. Now, that's even more impressive when the captain, Luisa Campos, the only non Man United player in there, actually managed an 85.8. So the rest of them managed around. 140 points for four players, which is incredibly impressive. Shout out to United. I went to that game, which I didn't. Six hours, seven hours round trip in the car to get home there and back. And it just wasn't worth it. it was just a depression session. Um, aside from that, everything else was awful. So, yeah, I think the closest lineup I got to a reward was, uh, was Challenger Europe Super Air, where Mark McKenzie DMP'd. And I uh, finished 47 points away from a reward. So that, that was probably the only one I had any hope in. And that included Karem Aktokoglu missing from literally three yards out, the absolute moron. Anyway, yeah. as you can tell, I'm in a great mood. Yeah, that pretty much sums up my week as well. well what about you, Chris? Uh, pretty bad. Had some promise um, at the start. So the All-Star limited lineup was one I was most excited about. So um I had three good scores and two bad ones. So, um, Jewsbury Hall again, smashed as he's doing every week, 82.6. Um, our man Tolga, I don't know how we say his surname. I can't, can't remember what we agreed on, but I call him Sigurdji. Um, got a oh, Choo-choo. Sure. <laughs> and, um, and to me, the best player on Sora at the moment, Juan Brunetta, captain, uh, with 100, two goals and assist. So I was thinking, yeah, great. This is gonna, you know, this is a good lineup. And um, Sunday, I had uh, I had a Ren defensive stack of Mandanda and Amari, and they let a goal in the 81st minute. So um, I ended up getting a tier four in there with 380 points. Um, so yeah, obviously, when you have a defensive stack, it works both ways in terms of your correlation positively and and. Um, you know, you get a goal against and it, it wallops two players. So, um, sickening when you see that, you know, 45, 50 points or whatever it is with the, um, the XP just drop off. And it's, it's a hell of a difference, especially in, uh, in limited, you know, between, um, a tier four and I'd have got, yeah, I'd have got a tier two. Yeah. I'd have got a, I'd have got a tier two and, um, a little, a little bit of ETH as well. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, sort of top one, 130 uh, place finish instead of around a, th- a thousand. So it's uh, fine margins as usual. Um, the lineup that did all right was actually my cap 270. So weirdly, it was a bit of a throwaway lineup that almost. And, um, I put Ibanez in there from Tigres, who um, I spotted was going to play because Gignac was suspended for one game. 
And I put him in and um, he managed to get a 95. Um, so on top of three other good scores, so I had a, a clean sheet from Nishikawa, the keeper. I had um, Jeremy Mellot from uh, Tenerife, who's been really, really good for me. Defender, he got a goal. Uh, so he got an 83.5 after his bonus. And then Shinta Applecamp, who hasn't been great the last couple of games. I chucked him in here. And he got an assist in a 4-1 win for, for Dusseldorf. So uh, he came out with a 75. The one that let me down, unfortunately, was my reward I won a couple of weeks ago, uh, Alexander Schultz. He's been rubbish. I've had him for two games and he's, he's been useless the two games I've had him. So he's I got away from him. He's year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, I mean, generally he does very well. He, he takes penalties as well, which is a big upside to any any defender, really. Um, but he's got, you know, an endless amount of green scores. And I've had him and he's got two stinkers. So um, I've got away with it a bit, really, in that one. I got 405 points. Um, and then we've been having a chat today about whether it is now worth, you know, realigning and going for 270. And I think, I think we both agreed it was for me, really. So I'm... I'm going quite strong again in the 270 midweek. Um, again, with Brunetta captain and then the, the four Hibs players who've got a nice nice matchup at home. Um, so, so yeah, so the 270 was the one that actually did well, but I didn't I didn't actually win a reward because of the, uh, you know, the fact it's a month long. So, um, but it keeps me alive and, and, you know, roll into the midweek. And if I can get another score over... Over 400, I should potentially be in a, a pretty good spot, I think, going into the weekend. Yeah, no, it should be interesting that. I mean, <clears throat> my best score of the week as well was the 270, um, limited 270. Um, my first three scores were Somerville, who smashed four decisives, got 107 points. Hector Herrera went off next. He smashed 96.7 with captain, got 158.1. Alan Patrick got 85.9 with a goal. Another decisive got 94.1 with his bonus. So that put me like, you know, over 350 with three players. And I've never had that before in my life. And I think it probably can only happen in at limited level in uh, 270 or even just in straight rare in 270 because of the captain bonus. So I was, I was thinking, oh, it's going to be my first ever 500. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Carlos Acevedo conceded one goal in a 5-1 win and uh, that was that disappeared. But Yamar did his bit last night in a 2-0 win for Seattle, but that's still one of my highest scores ever at 483, um, 14th in the week and pushed me up, I think, to like, I can't remember, 40th. But I've really only got two scores that have counted because one of them was absolute pony. So I'm, I'm going to target that as well for the next... Uh, three or four game weeks and try and put a you know decent 270 team in there maybe even the first team I do but really and I, I know like not necessarily sort of a big prize but I've really really enjoyed like the so rare survivor that M Pen organized and unfortunately because of um, Louis Diaz DMP for completely understandable reasons you know it's heartbreaking having his parents kidnapped um, I haven't really followed too much of it today. I know he's got his mum back, but I don't know about his dad yet. Um, but yeah, that means I've been knocked out of that. And I think they're only down to like 14 or something like that. But I really, really desperately wanted to do well in that. Um, 
managed to scrape the super rare threshold for the first time in a while. Higa Shiguchi doing his absolute worst as usual. Um, at least he didn't concede three, but the rest of the guys doing their bits, and uh, that's really saved my game week. But yeah, so pretty dog shit all round from everyone, really. But uh, on to the midweek, and it's a short midweek. Do you guys have um, anything out at all? Nish. Nish, mate. Nothing. But you've got your academy teams, yeah? Yeah, and I bought <laughs> I bought a, another one, so I've got five out now. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Love it. 5,000 right. so coins spent well. What about you, Chris? I, I know that you've uh, you've got a pretty decent uh, 270 team that you're putting out. Yeah, I've got my 270, which is which is my priority this week. So I've gone four Hibs players in there. So they're at home to um, Ross County, and they're pretty big favourites to win. So I've got got Marshall Miller, Joe Newell, um, Ellie Ewan, and then I've got Brunetta as captain in there, which is. I think it's pretty strong. Um, I've got a 240, which is a couple of Tigres and a couple of Hibs players. So I've mixed my sort of two predominant collections I've got in my gallery up. And then I've chucked in a little bit of a a punty um, Alvarado from LDU that I picked up a few days ago. Um, I mean, if you look historically at his scores over the last 18 months, the guy is an absolute smasher. Um, I had read that he had some personal issues, um, which he seems to be over now. Um, he's been a bit in and out of their team, but you know, Alvarado in form for them is is an incredible scorer in SO5. So I've taken a punt. They've, they've just had the Sudamericana final, which they won against Fortaleza at the weekend. Um, they've all been out on the piss, a lot of their players. So there's some there's pictures on there on social media with them enjoying the win. So uh he only played about half an hour in that game, so I'm hoping he does he does come in and play. And uh yeah, it's a long term thing that one really. So I'm just hoping that um, you know, he's so cheap now that it's it's a gamble that's definitely worth taking on that because uh, if he comes back to anything like the form that he was in, you know, even two or three months ago, then he's uh he's a really good scorer. So uh yeah, and a, a, a bit of a rubbish two twenty as well that I've just chucked in for you know the sake of it, really. So and I think a format America as well, actually. But um, yeah, the two seventy is the one really for me this week. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I was having a thing after we spoke earlier about two seventy, and you know, you might come first this week. Say you come first, but you only get three hundred and seventy points, and you know, it's sort of like who cares? So it's it's one of those midweeks, isn't it? When you know Hibs or Celtic or maybe Columbus Crew or someone like that maybe gets a decent win. But you just don't quite have the the right uh, the right players, and you know you get a decent score, but is it going to be enough to get you a prize in the two seventy? But it hasn't changed my plans anyway. I'm gonna, still going to go for it, and I think that that Hibs stroke Brunetta stack is pretty decent as well. This I, is I one think of those it's a case of like we like we were saying, David. I think looking at two seventy leaderboard. We're both kind of in agreement that if you can get four scores over 400, you're going to be in a pretty good spot come the end of it. Um, and I think once you've started off and you've got, you know, one score over 400 in the first couple of weeks, with a strong midweek, it's worth that gamble taking taking it on. And um, yeah, you know, maybe if I, maybe if it flops and I don't do very well with it, I'll, I'll have another thing for the weekend. But um, at the minute, I think if I, if I do what I'm hoping it does, 
in that lineup, then um, then two seventy will become a priority. I think, like like yourself over the weekend. Yeah. Sorry, Ryan, you you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say this is one of those midweeks where you have to strategically pick the right composition because there's so little teams playing. If you've got a good team, let's say you've got a Celtic stack, you've got an Ajax stack, you've got you know a stack of a, of one of the only teams playing this midweek. If you play in the right competition, you could win some serious cash. But uh, what a lot of people do is they just throw it straight into All-Star or All-Star Rare Plus or Cap 240, whereas maybe Challenge is the right play. Maybe maybe if you've got a Super Rare stack from Celtic, for example, instead of playing it in All-Star Super Rare, you put it in Challenge, you probably win. I remember a few a few months ago, I had five Super Rares playing and I played it in All-Star Super Rare and I came like 19th. Had I played it in Challenge Super Rare, I win the whole thing and I would have won about an ETH worth of stuff, including the, the prize money and the card. Um, so it's all about picking the right competition in midweeks like this. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the same most weeks, but I think especially in midweeks like this, Yeah, you know, as you said, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, as soon as locks in and the lineups have been loaded in Sarah data, I'm going to have a look and see where Quinny and McBride have, you know, gone strong. Cause obviously those two have got massive Celtic galleries. That, yeah. Uh, I was going to mention McBride actually. I, I saw him saying the other day, he does his um, lineup building videos every week. And um, he said he wasn't going to dis- – he was only letting people know what his limited lineups were this week because he was trying to keep it under wraps where he was going to play his main Celtic lineups. And, he, he, you know, it's quite funny because him and Quinny are quite big mates. Um, but he was, he was obviously being very secretive about, about exactly where he was going to uh, plan to, to utilise those guys this week. And, and like Ryan says, it's um, – it's kind of key that, so I expect him to do something a little bit different and a bit quirky to try and, um, you know, uh, sort of dodge dodge Quinny's weapons, I suppose, in in um, in that head to head. Just on McBride, actually talking about our game week, I did win. Just shout out to to Mark there. Um, I did win his um, WhatsApp private group um, PL Premier League amateur comp this week, so he had to finish it early. He was planning to run it all season, and um, yeah, I was top by like two hundred points. So it's a little bit there uh, of uh, prize funds in the kitty, not not a huge amount, but um, appreciate it all the same. And um, you know, it, it's been fun to play in. So it's going to be interesting to see what you know what the new rivals game is going to be, and whether we're going to be able to have any kind of private leagues and stuff that we can form as well. Um, because we've always had great fun doing that with um, you know a little kind of communities um, that we're all involved in, I think. So going to be interesting to see what, what the Rivals game entails and if it'll allow anything similar. Yeah, I actually emailed so rare earlier just to find out a bit more about it and whether we should wait and run the, the larger competition in there for our show. But uh, we'll see what they say anyway. But I'm, I'm hoping it's not too far away. But that brings us on to the, the next topics. Um, and as you just mentioned, rivals, we might actually actually start. We might as well actually start with the. I guess is it gonna? I mean, does it? It feels like it's becoming too late for me for the season. How do you guys? Where do you guys feel about it now, Chris? Um, I think they quite often miss the boat in terms of timing. Unfortunately, um, it would have been nice to have had it ready for the start of the main European season, um, you know, when when kind of everyone's excited, the market's buoying, um, you know, and the timing would have been quite good then, I think. At the moment, we're in a bit of a downturn that we're all quite aware of. 
everyone's a little bit depressed with you know card prices and moaning about this and that and and you know it is kind of you know for whatever reason it seems to be say the same sort of state of affairs every year we've kind of gone into that previously anyway but um so yeah timing in that respect in terms of you know user sentiment and everything it's probably not the best time um having said that i guess the rivals game is primarily aimed at new users anyway so um you know our own opinions and our kind of views on on the whole so rare stratosphere probably aren't very relevant to, to launching that game um i know a lot of people are on the beta at the moment i was chatting to um a pal of mine this morning who's, who's been on there and he said it is very very good um he did then post a link to um invite invite people to take part in the beta and I wasn't looking at it and, and it, you kind of ran out before I managed to have a look at it, unfortunately, because I would have liked to see what it was all about. But he's, he said he's really good. He said he's enjoying it. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, sounds positive from what I've heard about it, but I couldn't tell you a huge amount about it myself because I've not seen it with my own eyes yet. No, well, I've asked to be put on the beta um, today, so hopefully I'll get it sorted. Hopefully I can sort that out and... Um... Perhaps report a bit more more next week of stuff that I'm allowed to say if I do get on. Um, what about you, Ryan? What are your thoughts on Rivals? Will it change the game for you? How do you feel about it? Um, for me, it just it seems like it it seems like a secondary product for me, and I feel like it's something like they they know if they want to be a big company in ten years' time, they need to sort of have something that is free to play that that is enticing that is engaging and that can be played every day that can be played you know between friends and stuff like that so i don't think it's i don't know i've seen a lot of people sort of talk about the fact that they think it's going to save the game or the thing is going to do this to the game and i think i don't think it's any like i don't think it, it it's there to as an intention to to help the football game in any way i think it's more so them branching out into another area and them trying to have a set like an, another sort of thing to build i think they're going to try and build that as its own sort of thing i think they want to have in in a few years time people are, oh do you want a quick game of rivals do you want to get your phone out we'll play a quick game of rivals just before you know liverpool versus everton comes on or whatever you know what i mean i don't think it's there to sort of help the football game but i think it's a cool concept i don't know like are I don't... you on the beta for it or not Ryan? no i'm not I haven't really looked at it to be honest. Um, if, it, if it gets some traction, though, it could help. Then it will help yeah. board people in the future because if they're familiar with the Sore brand, they're familiar with the idea of picking cards within a game, then it will make the trend. And they're familiar with the scoring. If it uses a similar scoring matrix, which I'm hoping it does, then that will make onboarding them potentially long term a little bit better. What I personally hope is that they launch this and smash it with a bit of a marketing campaign afterwards like they're running with the, the nba at the moment as well yeah um, i mean it, could, it, it definitely could help um i think for me like obviously the sentiment at the moment in, in regards to the entirety of so rare is pretty low but at this stage of the, of the year it always happens you always have people get really excited over the summer that's when you actually get a lot of new funds in from legacy users over the summer because they're changing strategy they're buying new players <clears throat> And then after the summer, when the seasons start, people stop spending money because they've they've already bought their players, right? So they're they're playing with their players and they're they're playing with the the strategy they've laid out over the summer. 
inevitably because of that prices start to dip because new cards get minted and, and less people are buying cards um so people start to get a bit upset and unfortunately it's like a knock-on effect because then people start to sell because they panic and stuff like that so the sentiment around this time of year is always pretty low so i've, I've completely lost my train of thought there we're talking about rivals and so i know we were yeah but i was going somewhere <laughs> with that and i've totally i've totally lost it <laughs> This is the issue with ADHD is that I look over to my right monitor and I've seen Muslera with an 84.4 score and all of a sudden now I'm thinking about Galatasaray. <laughs> God damn it. I was going somewhere with it. Anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll come um, back to it if you if it drops back into your head. It won't. It definitely won't. Okay. Well, right. The next thing in the news this week and not, not <laughs> so rare football related was um, the launch of so rare NBA. I've bought a few cards just to have a play around with it. I'm not going to go as intensely as I did last time because that affected my sleep patterns and, you know, led to a whole host of problems, which I don't need right now. So I'm just going to buy, you know, a collection of players for hopefully when they launch collections and uh, just ramp those out most weeks, you know, buy the old player here and there, just buy the limited and have a bit of a crack. Um, what I did like is that the in-season tournament that um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but the so rare, uh, sorry, the NBA this year for the first time ever are running like a FA Cup style competition within the season. So they'll have like different teams playing off against each other and then eventually crown single champion, I think, before Christmas, although I can't say I've looked into it too deeply. Um, but um, so rare have put together a competition which across... Well, they're doing a common one, but you can't run any cash in that. But across the, the limited and rare and then the super rare and unique, you can win, uh, you know, the, the price pool is $100,000. I just think that if they ran something like that, like for the next month long, you know, have some cards at the end. But if they had a decent price pool or even very few cards, maybe just cards on the podium, but had cash, like a 100K price pool, I would definitely prioritize that. You know, oh, absolutely. Top, you win what six or seven thousand, or maybe even more than that. I can't remember the top med, but uh, you know, what's that like three, four ETH, and that's for just using limited or rare cards. That was similar to the Global Cup. Global Cup had I really like that Global Cup weekly because it's like I think it was one point five ETH to the winner of the common thing for the weekly Global Cup, and then it was like. It trickled down. I think they're giving away five ETH a week just for the common uh, thing, and then the 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 uh, tournament long had like twenty ETH worth of rewards. I think. So I mm. I do believe like my biggest gripe for a while when it comes to like ETH and then giving out ETH, and I know I speak about it with not a huge amount of knowledge because I think there's actually reasons why, but they give out about seven thousand dollars a week or something like that in in the academy. Yeah, that just feels like a waste of time. And I, I get thresholds quite regularly. I've come on the podium even once and got a bit of ETH. But even I, who's got such a big gallery that I can run, and I have seven teams I can put in there every week. Yeah. It just still feels like a waste. You well, know, the XP is enough. That's what I'm targeting. I don't really care about the rest of it. The, my gripe is, why is that there? Why can't we take seven grand a week because it's it's seven grand a week whether there's ten teams playing or ten thousand teams playing. It doesn't change for a midweek with no teams or anything like that. I want to know why we can't take those funds and put those into a, maybe a new competition or existing competitions. Now I think maybe there's something to do with French gambling laws or something like that. But even still, 
it it's always annoyed me that whenever prizes and stuff like that, especially when it comes to ETH, get divvied out and redistributed, they take it from somewhere else. What like why you remember when Champion Europe got got started to get uh ETH paid down? They they took it from All Star. Why not take it from Academy? Why does it have to be seven grand a week in Academy? Like people aren't people don't play Academy getting super excited to potentially win five hundred dollars on the podium. Like people submit their lineups and they don't think about it. They don't, no one's playing that, targeting it, strategizing Academy. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't, I don't see why we can't take even, even like, I don't know, $5,000 a week out of there, leave it, leave $2,000 a week in there, take five, five grand out of it and put that somewhere that will actually <laughs> entice people to either buy new cards, existing users to buy new cards or bring in new users. Whether they did like every week, they changed it up. Oh, this week is a Premier League specific competition. You can only play Premier League players and up for grabs for the winner is an ETH. And then it's half an ETH for second place. It's a third of an ETH for third place and so so on and so forth. And it doesn't even have card rewards and it just has ETH. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, no, I, I think... would buy Prem players for that. I would literally go out and buy Premier League players and I would, I would have fun. And then if the next week is Bundesliga, Best be sure the next week I'm going out and buying Bundesliga. If I have like three Bundesliga players, I need a, a striker or something. I'm going and buying that striker. Every yeah, week no, I would go and buy agree. the gods. Yeah, but completely agree. Such is I, think, I, I think you're right. I think you're right as well. Um, and, and I think, you know, if they if they have to have it in place, like you say, Ryan, to tick the box of some French gambling laws, then, then yeah, reduce it by half. You know, take half out, put half somewhere else where it's of more use. And then they're still still offering something it's just yeah. a different amount you know reduce reduce the um you know um kind of threshold equivalent or whatever it is top 500 to like half of that make it just a couple of quid no one's bothered either way really like you say um just going back to the nba comp um there's a couple of things i think are interesting with it so I think it's quite funny the timing of it because when we were talking about ideas and suggestions on on kind of how to improve you know, liquidity and, and whatnot in the market the other week, you guys both mentioned about having a cash only um, competition. And this kind of is, is what it is that, that in the NBA, um, I think there's two, there's a couple of things. I think one of the main reasons that they're doing it in the NBA is that they're trying to really bring over the DraftKings kind of crowd and the DFS crowd. So uh, obviously the, the core of that market is, is the American uh, market in the U S where basketball is huge um, and I think they really struggled last year to kind of acquire that that um, land share of, of users from DraftKings. So to me, that's why they're trying to kind of incorporate that more similar model where they're not giving out cards and, and they're giving out cash rewards there, which I think is quite clever, and, and hopefully it'll pay off. Um, I think the other thing that I find really interesting about that competition and a, and a really good idea, but I've seen mixed responses on on kind of um, amongst the community about it is uh is the fact that you have to have you have to play a certain amount of new season cards in those competitions so i think it's either two or three depending on the scarcity i think i think limited and rare is three and then i think super rare is two possibly i don't know david might know the, the ins and outs of that more than me but i think it's a good idea and again if you've got a really attractive cash only competition you know long form competition but where one of the criterias are that you have to play new season cards then that is by nature going to generate market activity and it's going to generate 
you know, um, users wanting to to buy those best players that give them the best chance of winning from auction or or yeah. on the secondary when when people win them as prizes. So, if that's an attractive enough competition, which it looks like it is with the NBA, then um, bring it over to football, do something similar, and I think it's a good idea, and I think it will help. Um, you know, it would help a lot of things in the football market as well. Yeah, I agree. I do. I do think, and I literally haven't read any feedback on Twitter about this. But as soon as they sort of announced the prize pool, I thought last night or yesterday afternoon or whenever it was, I thought, okay, yeah, that's definitely enticing. Um, I'd already got sort of ten players, so I thought, you know, I'll try and build a lineup. And the cap is so high that you probably could run two of the the big guys, and they cost you know between 0.1 0.15 and 0.05 yeah which is a fairly sizable chunk um so i need to decide whether to go and buy one of those <laughs> but um it's fun anyway now i think it's definitely going to sort of you know get the market going on the the nba side but we'll see i think i think i think something that's odd about it though and i don't think this is very well thought out is i don't know why they've grouped limited and rares together and super rares and uniques together. Because I can't see, and again, whether there's an XP advantage or something, I don't know. But surely if you're looking at that, David, to enter that, you just buy a limited um, card, don't you, to enter it? Because you can enter either a limited or a rare in that in that lineup. Is that right? Yes, you can, yeah. But there's no there's no value in you paying up and buying a you know, a Doncic um, rare card, you might as well just buy the limited version of him instead of, instead of you know, wasting a lot of extra funds on the rare. And and you can enter enter them in the same competition to, to as far as I can see. So I found that a bit of a strange quirk as well with the um, with the tournament. But on the we whole... You get the extra rarity good. bonus in... Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it works slightly different on uh, Sarah NBA. So in Sarah NBA the limited cards have 5% bonus for new season cards. NBA ones have 15% to start with. So the the rarity bonus, there's no rarity bonus on limited. You just get um, like the season bonus. And on rare, the rarity bonus is 10%. Super rare is 20%. Unique is 40%. So it works slightly differently. And I'm pretty sure that if they started football again, they'd probably do something similar as well. I wonder if they could, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of talk again recently about the whole um, limited plus kind of mode mooted again that people have talked about in the community for a long time. And I wonder whether there would be any way that they could introduce, you know, a tournament like that um, where, you know, the rares have a slight... um, bonus advantage over the limiteds and um i think that's the only way they could do it isn't it really but it's um you know or, or whether you can only captain rares or i don't know but uh, you know if they were to do it they'd have to do something similar i imagine wouldn't they well they, they can when they're setting up special weeklies they can do it so like you know when they're setting it up within the system they can do it so certain scarcities have different bonuses and stuff like that yeah. so i don't think that would be a problem i think if i recall the conversations i've had with I can't remember who it was in the past, maybe Dan or someone like that. I asked them, asked him about it and he said that the the cards, they, they this was, what, six, seven months ago, maybe even longer than that. And even at the time, they were saying they really wanted to sort of 
you know, not have more competitions giving out cards. And so that, you know, I think that obviously it seems natural progression for everybody, but I think the problem is they don't want to be giving out loads more cards. And so the rewards were the issue. Um, maybe, you know, if they bring down the amount of cards issued, add more coins and more cash into the things, then, you know, it's something they can look in the long, look at launching in the long term. But we won't dwell on that too much because that's sort of a little bit part of progression and we'll come back onto that in a minute. Um, okay, so EPL this weekend, we did speak about it briefly. Um, obviously, the biggest game this weekend, I guess, was the Manchester derby. There was some other absolutely uh, some great games and some shocking vocals again. Which games do you guys watch? I went to the United derby. Okay. Which How was that? Horrible. <laughs> You're not having a good week, mate. No, I'm really not. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. It was just, it was just... So we played, in my opinion, we played worse in that derby than we did in the 7-0 loss to Liverpool. Fair enough. I really think, I really think we did. I think at least in the Liverpool game, we had chances early on in the first half. <sighs> did you think you were that bad in the first half? Against City? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, we just, we were just played out of the game completely from minute one. We did, we barely touched the ball. We barely had chances. We barely had the ball in, in their half, like, we had, if I remember from the game, we had probably three notable chances in the entire game. From 90 minutes of football, we had three chances. We had McTominay's chance in the 45th minute, which Edison made a really good save for. Um, we had we had one breakaway where Foden tried playing the ball back to Walker and Hoyland intercepted it, but didn't get a shot off. Um, and then we had one where Rashford made a run in behind, chested it down and, and put the ball wide. And it's just... They were the only three chances for the entire game. And that when you have three chances in the whole game and, and you probably have, I think the stats were maybe like 30% possession. It's just at home against your rivals. It's just embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. We were just terrible. We we had no identity. We had no fight. We had nothing. It was just awful. And Onana made a few good saves as well, didn't he? He was quality. So, yeah. He was the only, yeah. him and Maguire were the only two players I thought could hold the head up. They I thought he was at fault probably for the third goal, but you know, other than yeah. that, he I don't made three or four very good saves. So somebody, somebody else said this to me the other day, and I, I, the reason why I don't agree with that is because Rodri's thundercunted that ball at him, right? First of all, Rodri needs to be closed down. The fact he's not closed down at the edge of the box is ridiculous. It's just terrible. But what you see when when the shot is taken is Johnny Evans is stood right next to Haaland. Harland is switched on alert and chase like runs straight at the goalkeeper when that shot's taken because he knows where that ball's going. Johnny Evans is still walking by the time the ball's parried towards Harland, and it's uh, you know the way that he saved it. I don't think it's possible for him to get that round the post because I think if he tries to get it round the post, it's going in because of the angle of where he is in the goal. Um, uh, but it's to me the first goal. The penalty I thought was a bit bullshit. I don't think that's yeah. a penalty, but it is what it is. Like. You know, I can cry about it all I want. It's it's given, right? Second goal, the fact we're losing the best striker in world football at the back post is embarrassing. Like Lindelof, Evans, just absolutely embarrassing. He's the best striker in the world. You don't leave him with 10 yards of space at the back post for them to cross the ball to him. And then the third one, again, is Evans just walking around and, and letting Haaland react when he doesn't. It's just, yeah, it's just terrible. Absolutely terrible. So... You know, I've said it before, I don't understand how 48-year-old Johnny Evans is playing for Man United again. I don't understand that. I don't get why he's playing for us. I don't understand 
you know, like I would I would genuinely rather we go and get some youngster than play Johnny Evans, to be honest. Like if if it's all because of injury, like I would rather a youth a youth prospect got a chance because he is just dust comes out of him when he kicks a ball. Like he's just finished. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago I asked you the question about whether it's time to start pointing the finger at Ten Hag? No, said, I don't. I don't think it is. You still I think, agree with that? I I think I I'll happily criticize him. I think that he made poor decisions, but for me, I don't. I don't think we should point the finger at him at all. I think the issue at hand is first of all we we haven't played our strongest eleven once this season due to injury. Luke Shaw's been out since the second game of the season. Lissandra Martinez has been out since about the fourth game of the season. Moran's in and out of the squad because he's he's getting rushed back because we we're playing fucking Johnny Evans. Um, Reguilon, our third choice left back, who we loaned because both Malassia and Luke Shaw were injured, got injured, and, and he's only played like one or two games for us. Our best right back, Juan Masak, is injured. Casemiro was injured for the game yesterday. The list goes on, right? So. We're struggling massively with key players being out injured, so he's got to he's got to try and make do what he's got. And unfortunately, what he's got is a crock of shit. Um, but, but I don't but... think I don't I, I wouldn't point fingers at Ten Hag in this in this regard because ultimately, you know, he came in last season and we had our best season. We would have for our first trophy in six years. We had our best season in a few years, right? And I don't think you can forget all of that because of the terrible start we've had this season. Because I don't think the factors are in his hand. I don't. I don't think it's within his control. For me, I don't think. I don't think the horrendous run of form that we're on right now is. I don't think any manager comes into United and starts winning games. You know what I mean? Do you think though that I mean, if you look over, he has been in quite a long time now. You know, kind of eighteen months or so. Do you think that he's he, he spent a lot of money as as United tend to do generally? They do. They do, despite what some of the fans say. You know give funds to managers to spend. He's bought Sancho. He's bought Anthony. He didn't buy Sancho. He didn't, didn't buy Sancho? Sancho. No. Okay, all right. He's bought Anthony. He's bought Malassia. Um, you know, has he strengthened the defence properly? Um, you know, should you have had better strength in depth when he's building that that squad out than, like you say, bringing back Johnny Evans as a, as a stand-in and then he's actually playing a lot of games? Is that is that good management from his point of view to construct a, a, a squad in that way and then also on top of that you know something that you know there was this whole Gary Neville and Carragher thing at the weekend about you know Neville likes to constantly as it's become a bit of a, um, a cliche almost now blaming the board blaming the owners for everything and, and, and all the play at the club and Carragher kind of said, look, you know, do you have a style of football? What kind of football do you play? You know, what it, have you got an identity? And it's regardless of, I get what you're saying about injuries. I think that's a fair point. And, he, he, you know, he can't account for that 100%. But as a, as a squad, you should play within a certain style and have a certain pattern of play, regardless if, you know, if you've got to take one player out, one player in. I mean, Robertson and, and Simicast at Liverpool, you know, very different quality of player, I would say, but one comes in for the other and it doesn't really change the way that Liverpool play because that one player is missing. As it, a, as took, a team. it took Jurgen Klopp about four years to build the depth at positions that yeah. we have 
It did. It's... it's also incredibly unfair because you're you're talking about a like for like replacement. If you take out Luke Shaw for Malassia, our play style doesn't change. But you're taking out Luke Shaw, Malassia, and regular and put uh, putting Lindelof at left back because that's all we've got. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? So I think it. Johnny Evans should never have played a game of football, but unfortunately, we've had that many injuries that he's had to play. Um, and like I said, I don't think the I don't think this is within his control because ultimately. We had four starting centre-backs. We had three starting left-backs. And out of that, five of them got injured. We've had all three of our left-backs injured. Varane and Lissandro Martinez injured. So, unfortunately, we are we are actually starting games with either uh, our new midfielder Amrabat at left-back or Lindelof at left-back because we don't have a left-back because all three are injured in an unprecedented horrendous run of injuries. Um, Reguillon came on, didn't he, the other day? He came on, yeah. He wasn't 100% to start the game, so he had okay. to, he, he could only play about 20 minutes, I think, or 30 minutes. He didn't want to rush him back and get him injured again because it just kills our season even longer. Um, but like, like I said, I don't I don't think it's, it's his fault. It's like that, to be honest, it's similar to the season you guys had a few years ago where Van Dijk was out for the entire year and then Joel Matic got injured and uh, Joe Gomez got injured and I think Trent got injured that year as well. Um, you guys had we that had many Matt defensive. And, yeah, yeah exactly. Williams, I think I think I saw one game you were playing Henderson and Fabinho at centre back that year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's similar to that. People weren't blaming Klopp for that. It wasn't his fault. It's not Ten Hag's fault that he's got to play these horrendous players. Sometimes it's just how it is. Um, and unfortunately, our play style takes a massive hit because we don't have players on the pitch that can play that style. I mean, last season we had an identity of play. We, we had a clear identity of play. And whilst, it, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't the prettiest style of play. It won his games because it was it was more so, rather than it being his Ajax style of play, it was a bit more uh, a bit more of a counter-attack style of play. But it was, that that worked for us. You know, we beat, we beat you guys at home. We beat City. We beat uh, Arsenal at home. We beat, I think we beat the entire top four at home. And, and, and we beat like a bunch, like at home, we were fantastic. We kept... De Gea got a golden glove because of our home form. We we had about 19 clean sheets, I think, all season. And I think 16 of them came at home. So um, there was identity and there was style of play. But unfortunately, our best centre-back has been injured most of the year. Luke Shaw's detrimental to our play. Um, detrimental is not the word I'm looking for, isn't he? Essential to our play. Uh, Wan-Bissaka is essential to our... It's, yeah, so at the moment, we are fucked because we're we're so injured. I don't think it's his fault. But I do think that he made some shit decisions yesterday. And he should be held accountable for that. Oh, sorry, on Sunday. Uh, he should be held accountable for that. But no, I mean, even if we got rid of him, who do we bring in? No one on the market, I think, would would come in and do it, do a job that would make me think, wow, yeah, let's bring him in. You know what I mean? Sam and you have to start the whole process again. Uh, can you imagine Sam Allardyce coming in and managing United? <laughs> can you imagine his playing like five at the back, Harry Maguire leading the back line? Fucking... He, he, <laughs> If you, th- if you think you're getting direct football now, that would be a different level oh, of direct mate. football. Yeah, he just whacks up the tall set strikers <laughs> on top and just hoofball for the entire game. Yeah, Probably actually right. pick up more points doing that. All right, let's have a look at the, the rest of the results this weekend. So I don't know whether you guys caught the highlights at all, but Brighton obviously drew one all at home. And I think that obviously they made a lot of sales over the summer and they've brought in some quality players, you know, not least Ansu Fati. But some of the players that they put out at the weekend were just very lightweight compared to what they were fielding last year. And I know they've got a couple of injuries, 
Um, but you know, it looks like Charlie March is out for the. He's going to essentially out for the rest of the year now. Um, some of the other guys, sort of, you know, have injuries. Tariq Lamptey, I think, is a great prospect, but he's constantly injured. Even when he comes back, and then he's out again. And CISO's out for a little while. Um, Esti Opinion's out for a little while. And I just think that with even without Europe, they could like start to struggle. And with Europe, they're having to fill two teams, you know, essentially every week now until Christmas. I think this midweek is probably the only week they have off. But um, they've got a nice run of games, haven't they, coming up? They have, that's yeah. That, that's the reason I bring it up because I did look at some of their players, you know, thinking about maybe bringing in sort of Pascal Gross. Um, I, was, I was just a little worried about the players that they had around him. You, pick, you picked up his limit, didn't you, last week? Yeah, I did, yeah. Got that. I you mean, guys see the elbow. I think, uh, sorry. You guys see the, the elbows are gross. Yes. And how that wasn't given as a red card. Yeah, no, it was ridiculous. But there was so, honestly, this weekend, we could probably spend a whole episode talking about awful decisions. I do that every fucking week. I hate yeah. VAR. I hate the people in VAR. It's, it's, I've got a friend. I've got a friend, Ollie, and I'm going to name drop him, right? Uh, I've got a friend, Ollie. His job, he works in the VAR room. And his job is effectively, he's the tech guy. So he brings all the replays on the screen for for uh, the referees that are in the VAR room. He he puts them all on the screens and, and slows it down. He draws the lines, everything like that, right? That's his job. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. And uh, you just have done essentially, but yeah, <laughs> no, that, so that's his job. That That's, that's his job. And uh, he was the guy, uh, if you heard the, the, the clips of the Luis Diaz offside, he was he was the guy they were they were asking to put all this he's like ollie can you put this up on the screen right anyway um so i've spoken to ollie a few times i've asked him i've asked him like what needs to change at var to like to effectively make it work i think the problem is is this like there's not a universal understanding of rules of football and this whole the wording of it is stupid so this whole clear and obvious crap like we need to scrap it. There's no, there's, if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. But if the ref hasn't given it and it's not clear and obvious, why is it then not giving it a penalty? You know, it's a penalty. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff like that is just, it doesn't make sense. The way they've done it does not make sense. And it just, it, it's almost like, it's almost like they're setting people up to fail just with the way they word it all. It's ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand how VAR will ever be a successful implementation so long as there's 45 pages for every single bit of wording they've got in there to give you different fucking con. I just, it pisses me off. So anyway, that's my rant done. Shout out, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to give him full docs, put his address out now and everything? <laughs> <laughs> the name, date of birth. Yeah. Where he lives. <laughs> Yeah, so there was that game. Obviously, Liverpool won. Uh, it was nice to see Jota score and hold up uh, Luis Diaz's uh, shirt. I thought Zabozlai, you know, just looks better and better every game. He's the guy, I remember pre-season they were talking about the, the bleep test and saying that he thought that his stamina was absolutely off the scale. Like, he thought he was going to be good, but, like, he was, you know, head and shoulders above everyone else. And you can see it, like, 70th minute, and he's been running around like sort of Jude Bellingham light across the whole pitch, and, you know, he's barely breaking a sweat. Um, so I do think that we really, really need to get some of our other midfielders fit, like Thiago, Bichetic. You know, uh, Bichetic came back and then had another sort of, like, uh, 
setback. Thiago obviously has had another setback. But, you know, if we can have those guys in there so we can sort of rotate a bit more, you know, and maybe play someone a little deeper. But I thought Graven Birch as well, he's really starting. I thought he was okay at the weekend, but I thought he was brilliant last midweek in the Europa match. But, um, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, There was nothing else massive to take away. Obviously, Arsenal had a decent win and, you know, I think Sheffield and... The rest of the uh, team uh, are going to uh, struggle. Sheffield. Uh, oh, which no. one? Sheffield United. The one. By the, the, by the way, way, by the way, just on a different Sheffield team. Have you seen what the Sheffield Wednesday chairman's done? No. No. The guy is a lunatic. I don't know if you know the ins and outs of it, but um, I know they're dog shit in the championship this season. Yeah, I mean, he's been threatening to to withdraw, you know, any funding and money and everything else, and um, he's turned around to the fans and said, "We need to have a fundraiser." Everyone's going to put £100 in to raise £2 million in the next 30 days or whatever, or there's going to be sanctions and stuff against the club. And I think it's because he's not paying or he's not putting money in. So he's now putting it on the fans and saying, everyone's got to put £100 in. And there's a, there's a GoFundMe page where people are donating <laughs> £100, you know, to try and put it safe Wednesday. The How guy's just a disgrace. How many people have put in so far? Only about 10. <laughs> That's a disgrace. I mean, if, if you a club, then, you know, the the finances are up to you. And I think doing yeah. stuff like that mid-season to the fans yeah, yeah. Is, is a bit disgusting. I right? mean, they're in a bad way anyway. And, they're, they're, you know, there's been a lot of protests and things to try and get him out. But he's just reacting very um, aggressively, let's say. Um, so yeah, the, none of the Sheffield teams are doing well at the moment. I actually read, I didn't know this until the other day, but apparently Sheffield FC are also bottom of their league. So, so yeah, three Sheffield teams bottom of their respective divisions at the moment. Anyway, I'll stop talking about Sheffield football because it's probably very boring for everybody else. So apologies for that. It's not boring if you've got a player that's playing against them this weekend. No, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Stack up against the bottom teams. I thought indeed. I was chatting, I was on the um, Make It A Double Double podcast this week. Uh, with the guys, really good fun. If you don't listen to it, go and give it a listen. Uh, really enjoyed it. Not so much about actual so rare, more about just getting to know the different managers. And I've listened to a couple of them now, and they are quite good fun. Uh, but the, the guy on there, like, sorry, I'm awful remembering names at the best of times, but I can't remember his name. But he um, is a Burnley fan, and he was at the match last weekend, and he you know, wasn't particularly impressed and he was shocked that there were two teams with bet- with better odds of going down than Burnley at the moment. And obviously Sheffield and uh, Luton are those two teams. But at the moment, it's looking quite likely that the three teams that came up go down and the three teams that went down come up, which will be the first time ever. Possibly, but Ipswich are going really well. I saw your tweet on that and I thought Ipswich are... Uh... I think they've got two games in hand as well. And if they win them, I think they're, they're like 12 points ahead of um, of Leeds. They um, are, Le- but I think Leeds and um, Leeds and uh, what's the name? Southampton started quite yeah. slowly and I think they're just yeah. starting to come into their groove now. Really? Big game as well this weekend, Leicester and Leeds. So, um, yeah, it is, yeah. A lot of SO5 players actually in, in those games, popular SO5 players. So I think that's going to be a, a big, a big, big one for this weekend, isn't it? In, in second division. Yeah, I don't know whether I'm going to sort of run them in big guys, big lineups because it's sort of you know there's potential for them to cancel each other out, and also I think it's at, uh, in Leicester, isn't it? So yeah, but um, okay, well, let, let's move on anyway. 
So we spoke a couple of weeks ago about progression on from so on so rare. Um, it's come up again this week. We've had various people talking about it. I know I watched um, Andrew and Sean speaking about it on the strategy show yesterday. What day are we today? Yeah, it's Tuesday. Yesterday. And um, I thought it was a little strange that they spoke more about super rares than they did about the title of the show that was limited going to rares. But we'd actually had a conversation earlier that day already about you thinking, you know, you wanted to try and sort of get back into rare. And so we spoke about this, what, three or four episodes ago. And I think we pretty much decided that Cap 220 was the way to go. Because at the weekends, Cap 220 rare has obviously you can run a limited keeper four outfielders and the top prize at the weekends anyway is a tier one tier one you can get a starting goalkeeper you know you're looking at a decent card and even if you don't get a starting goalkeeper you could sell that card and save towards buying starting goalkeeper to move to 240 if that's the way you want to go so i thought you for one we'd have a little chat about that see if there's any you know additional thoughts on it um now is that still something that you think is the best way to go? Um, and then we'll have a little competition as well, a little challenge that we're going to run this week. Chris, over to you. Yeah, I mean, it was something that I, I brought up yesterday. And I didn't even know that the the so rare data guys were um, were going to have a podcast on it yesterday. It was a weird coincidence, actually. So. In our chat, I'd said to you guys that um, it was something I'm looking at again. I think. You know, when you actually have a look around, there's so much value in the rare market at the moment, and and the prices are are quite low for decent players. Um, I think the natural progression point is two twenty, two forty is ideal, obviously, because you can you can get the the ETH returns there and then compound that. Um, so I think that is the goal to to get back up there really quite quickly. Something that um, I did listen to some of the podcasts yesterday and something that um, Sean said, PSU, was that, I think they both said, actually, I think Laird did as well, but something they both said was that um, it's probably best to concentrate on the cap modes initially in, in every scarcity and then kind of branch out from there. And I think that might be the way that, that I look at it. So um, I don't think it's it's probably going to be a, a kind of root and branch starting again, getting rid of all the limited cards and just, you know, piling into rares. But I do think that the, you know, that the, I'd like to keep going with, with some of the limited teams. So I'd probably keep going with a 240 all-star, 270 and 220. And then, and then target the cap modes in rare. So go for 220 initially then try and get up to 240 once I've got a, a, a playing keeper and, you know, kind of branch out from there. Perhaps not so much 270 with, with the rares, um, but, you know, eventually going to All-Star um, there and, and, you know, with the aim of maybe going 240, 220 and, and All-Star all with the rares. And then, like I say, keep going with the caps and the, the All-Star and the limiteds. So th there's going to be maybe a bit of sort of juggling around over the next few weeks to see what I can do. Um and yeah, it, it is tricky. It is very tricky. I mean, I'm looking at sort of the higher value limited cards I've got at the minute, um, looking at the, the price of Dewsbury Hall actually earlier today and thinking, you know, I, I bought this guy for less than eight quid over the summer and he's over 50 pounds now. 
you know, and, and a lot of that's down to the, the scarcity of, of that card because there's none of them, none of them that are minted anymore. But I mean, he's scoring really, really well week in, week out. But it's looking at going, can I get a comparable player a bit cheaper than that, take a bit off the top and then sort of start putting that kind of, you know, those sort of funds there into the rares and, and not weaken my limiteds too much. So I think that's going to be my strategy at the minute is, is kind of getting rid of dead wood, which I have a bit of that we, you know, probably most of us do have a, a reasonable size gallery seeing what I can trade out of with, with sort of 15 or so players there. And then maybe looking at two or three of my higher value, you know, 40, 50 pound kind of limited players and seeing whether I can downgrade them, um, you know, and, uh, and put some loads of funds into, into rares. I am probably going to put a little bit more in as well. I, I did have a, a dabble at stocks FC, which I, I would not recommend personally. Um, to anybody, it's just boring to be honest. Um, I've made a little bit of profit on it, so I'm going to be putting a bit back over to to Sora, I think, uh, because it's what I enjoy. Um, and you know, um, I think I'll be having maybe two to three hundred pounds worth of um, of funds to put into the rares, and 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 then keep the, the sort of three or four limited teams going alongside that with a with a bit of depth that I can build around it. So I don't know what you guys think for that. Yeah, no, I sort of agree. I think one one thing I would add, like with that, I mean, actually, what sort of slight uh, going to uh, off a, off on a tangent. One thing Sean said yesterday, he thinks that there's more rare people looking to move to super rare than there are limited players looking to move to rare. I mean, yeah, I disagree with that completely. Yeah, I mean, what is there? Fifty thousand regular limited users, maybe forty thousand, you know, and then you take that down to maybe what ten, fifteen for rare. You know, so you'd want, I, I think without a shadow of a doubt, that number is exponentially higher. But um, anyway, that was a slight tangent. Um, like me, and Sh um, me and Ryan, you know, speak to Sean a reasonable amount. We both adore him. But I think he does live his head in the clouds sometimes when it comes yeah. to this sort of stuff. Sean, Sean's in his own little bubble. I I, I, I have a really good friends with Sean. Like, um, speak to Sean probably out of everyone in the world, I would say he's probably the third person I speak to the most. Like I speak to him every single day, we chat out all sorts of stuff. And uh I, I use a term with Sean. I say he's got what I like to call so rare autism because <laughs> he he is one of the most switched on geniuses in some aspects of so rare, but he's so out of touch when it comes to other aspects and sort of limited to rare. That's somewhere where he's completely out of touch. He is I wouldn't say clueless, but near enough, right? Um, and that will lead him to say things like more people want to move from rare to super rare than limited to rare, right? So that's yeah. that's where that sort of comes in. Um, I think when it comes to moving from limited to rare, it's one hundred percent. First of all, was something that I think every single limited player should aspire to do, whether they can do it or not in their time playing so rare, I don't know, but it should be an aspiration because I don't think anyone should stick to playing limited only, unless it's just fun for them. I think if you want to move up the so rare food chain, it should absolutely be an aspiration. Um, I've just noticed, by the way, uh, David. I think you've got your phone on your radiator. I'm just letting you know that now, in case you, uh, in case it ends up getting melted. Yeah, no, no heating on here. Same okay. money. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah. So I think it should be an aspiration. Absolutely. Um, I think 
when listening to the show yesterday, because I, I listened to it at a football game last night, so I was listening to it on the way there and on the way back. Um, I think they said a few things that were just completely and utterly wrong, in my opinion. Um, the prices they were giving out, I think, are completely wrong. This idea you need $1,000 to play Cap T40 Rare yeah, is completely yeah. wrong. It, it, yeah. it is yeah, so yeah. wrong. You can get Challenger Europe goalkeeper, like not even off-season, because this is the other thing. They said that, that you need like uh, uh, America cards if you're going to get good value. And again, that's not true at all. Challenger Europe has some fantastic value. You can get yeah. goalkeepers. Uh, there's a goalkeeper that I actually sold um, called uh, Dominic Scherl. This guy is a starting goalkeeper for his team. He plays for Austria Leicester now. And he's £145. If they are about to go on their winter break, aren't they, Bert? No, I mean they they do go on a winter break, but you've got you've got five game weeks of utility before then, before you before they go on a winter break. To me, like that's reasonable to like if you can all you need to get is three thresholds in those five weeks which i know is, is easier said than done right but it, if you if you i believe if you if you sit down and plan and, and think about it strategically and you look at game weeks and, and you look at matchups and stuff you should be able to get three out of five in my opinion if you really sit down and plan it um but even if you don't they, and that's just like one example there's there's plenty of players in in challenger europe that are of fantastic value um and i think that these these figures that were being thrown out are just not true at all. I think you could I think you could build a reasonable cap two forty rare gallery for around three hundred quid, which is a lot of money. But if you've got a if you've got a three hundred quid limited gallery, you can sell it to to push into that. You don't need to add more money. You don't need to bring in more funds to the site. Like I think sometimes people forget you have a gallery stuff, right? You can sell your own gallery to then push into the next the next stage. Um, I don't think you need two fucking goalkeepers to play Cap Two Forty Rare. Uh, like if you uh, if hey if you've got the ability to get two goalkeepers, hell yeah. But you don't need two goalies. Like this idea that you need to prepare for the doomsday of your goalie getting his legs chopped off is not like. He might get injured, right? But if we're being realistic, the chances of your goalkeeper getting injured are are not high enough for you to then go. If you have five hundred pounds, spending four hundred of it on two goalies, you don't need to do that. Realistically, you don't need to have twenty or thirty rare cards to be able to hit threshold. If you plan it out, you can bring cards in and sell cards rather than building a gallery of fifteen to twenty cards worth of depth. You can just bring cards in and you can sell cards. That's something that is reasonable. With bots nowadays, it's so easy to get instant liquidity for your cards as well. You can bring cards in, you can sell cards. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was a little bit out of touch in that regard. Um, I think that comes partially with the fact that both Sean and Andrew were really early adopters. And I think that sometimes like I still live in a in a world where where I got in, right? I, I still think that people like Ben Yedder are a thousand pounds. Because that's when when I got in, that's how much he was going for, right? Like sometimes yeah. it fucks with my head seeing prices and thinking, Jesus Christ, how are you so low? The fact that Kimmich is like one point seven k, whatever he is now, fucks with my head because he was twenty grand when I got in, nearly. Um, so yeah, I, I think, think, I, think... Right. I think that to be fair to them both, though, I think that, I mean I struggle with that a little bit because yeah, you know I I mean I'm I'm an older player really that that now plays limited, but I, you know I haven't really been in the rare market for. I don't know, six, seven, eight months. And prices in that time period have dropped massively. And, and you know, we, we've all been looking around today at players and there are genuinely, and I said this to on our chat the other day with David, I said, I think there are genuinely 
players for 15, 20 quid that are good, good cap players. Easily. You know, um, the, the sticky point is still the keeper. Um, and I do think it's, uh, you know, that's what's kind of put me off up till now is it is a bit of a gamble. And, you know, I, I've been on the on the wrong end of two or three times buying a keeper that's probably the wrong age, you know, the wrong side of 36. Um, and if those guys lose their spot, they just die. You know, the price that goes down to 20 quid in, in no time, you know, if they, if they miss three games. Um so there is a bit of a risk in terms of the keeper. I think I think that is still the the gamble, and that is the risky point. We well, can um, get keepers really cheap, though. I mean, like I got, I said I wasn't going to mention super rare, but I bought a super rare Igasha Gucci like yeah. a year or so ago for really cheap because he was already really old, and he's won me, but not won me. The other players have actually won it, but I couldn't have actually entered uh, super rare two forty without him. He's won me like close to an ETH over the last sort of, you know, four or five months. And he's been absolute dog shit. And looking at yeah, his record looking, now, he's rubbish. He's his record is 74 quid. Yeah, you can get him 74 quid. quid. Now, we don't know what's going to happen next year, next season. Will he stay on? I think there's a good chance he will, or that I think more and more, you know, maybe um, he gets rotated in and rotated out. He's a bit of a club legend. But for that price, you've got him for the next sort of, you know, like six game weeks or whatever not the actual next six game weeks because they don't have a game this weekend. So you could win back more than you pay for that goalkeeper in that time period. Um, so, yeah, no, I know I, I agree. But I think what we're basically saying, we should set down a, a gauntlet to the Solo Data Boys. Uh, maybe we'll have a 240 squad builder challenge, Solo Data X Solo Ramble. But we'll see anyway. But, yeah, so... That's something that Chris obviously is going to be looking at doing. I thought it'd be quite nice to, see, you know, have a little test run and run uh, concept teams this weekend by building lineups ourselves. Now I tried to do it yesterday, and it's impossible to do really until you know what the L15s are going to be without having to manually calculate them, as I think you, Chris, you started to do and realised it was taking bloody ages. Um, so we are announced this competition. We are going to enter it. And we, any listener is welcome to enter it. I'll put a separate tweet out, which has like the details and the rules of it. I'll put it out later today and anybody can enter a team. The only rules is it's got to be in before lock on Friday and then we'll see who does the best. And the winner will get a limited team, including starting goalkeeper, forward, midfield, defender, and an extra player. Chris, if you win, Ryan, if you win, you will not get the prize. You'll just get the kudos out of us three. I will say, actually, sorry, just to, to cut you off real quick. Uh, something I will be doing over the next three to six weeks. I've got a, I've got a super rare to, to buy first, but then I'm going to actually enter limited. What I'm going to start doing is now I can't play semi-pro. I'm going to start using limited as my little, my little fun ground to test shit out. Um. So I'm gonna be buying like little little stacks here and there to see how how I feel about them, see what they're like and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, weirdly enough, I'm gonna be going the opposite way. I'm gonna be going from rare to limited. Um, but I feel like if you if you wanna, it's difficult at, at rare and super rare levels to try stuff out. So if you ever wanna like test stuff out, you wanna see if things work and and how teams sort of operate. I think uh, the value in some limiteds these days is, is is so like low that you can just do it. Like getting a card for like three or four quid nowadays, like. There's no risk in that, you know what I mean? Like, 
If even if he goes to zero, or you've lost, you've lost a coffee. Oh no, you can't have your Starbucks tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. So the, the only rule for this competition then is, I think we said two hundred pound budget, didn't we? Because that was roughly what you were looking at, Chris, for maybe moving up. So you can get a limited. I mean, in theory, you could probably get all rares if you buy that Agash and Gucci, but. You know, in reality, it's probably the best route is going to be to have a limited card, probably goalkeeper, and then four outfielders using, you know, a lot more of the budget. And you can get decent starting goalkeepers. So for this challenge, so we've got to get our teams in. I'll put the tweet out today, but we haven't got to get our teams in until, until deadline as well. Any strategies that come to mind straight off the bat? Is it Cap 220 or Cap 240? Cap 220. 220, yeah. Um, well, my... It's, it's similar to underdog in the past, isn't it? My strategy with those with those was always get a really low L15 goalkeeper and a really low L15 forward that are completely decisive dependent because obviously they need to get decisive to outplay their L15, right? Uh, and you can you can shop around, look for a goalie that's got a good matchup, look for a forward that's got a good matchup. Um, and then you spend the rest of your points on on defenders and midfielders that that churn AA. And and that can get really good AA, you know, maybe set piece takers and things like that, um, so that your your points cap isn't taken up massively by the uh, by the goalie and, and forward. You know, maybe you got someone that's got like a a forward that's got like a forty at L fifteen or a thirty five L fifteen, and that is solely and the same with the goalie, solely decisive dependent. And then uh, and then yeah, you just hope that you get lucky and get the clean sheet, and the forward gets a goal or two. Nice. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I like that, Ryan. By the way, I think that's that's some good strategy. That. Um... So what I, what I was doing earlier when I was looking is I was looking at two things. So I was looking at who the bottom teams are of a few leagues in Europe. So concentrating on Challenger. So I looked at um, Croatian League, uh, Belgian League, Dutch League, um, Scotland don't play this weekend. Uh, but yeah, ma mainly them. And then I also had a look on Sora Data to see uh, what the odds were of clean sheet odds and uh, three goals scored odds and see if there was any kind of mat, you know um, correlation between them. I don't think the Turkish odds are up yet actually, which which was um, something that was interesting. And then I made a list of sort of 10 or 12 teams. And then within that, I was just going through each team, looking at who's been in, in good form the last five games, um, but might have had a bit of a lower L15 because they might have just come into the side of the last five games or <coughs> roles changed or whatever a little bit. And then, um, yeah, just working out what fits in, in cap based on that. So so it was kind of, you know, a mixture of odds plus who were playing, who was playing the worst teams. And if they're playing them at home, then, um, you know, that's even better, I suppose. But yeah, that's, that's the way I was going about it, really. Yeah, and exactly the same as that. I think matchups are key when you're doing this. And I think that for, you know, using a site like Sorrow Data is brilliant for this because, you know, it can give you, especially the pick scores when they come in, you can see if there's any sort of, you know, outrageous value that will appear once the pick scores come out. And, you know, once you've got that sort of information, I think it really for 220, it's really about targeting certain weeks. You know, I've done well in the past in it and I've won limited 220. I don't think I've won rare, but, and that was by targeting a particular week just and you'll find that most people put their dregs in there you know they'll you know like ryan when you're doing your rare at the end of the you know the end of the week you literally just put in your remainders in there don't you 220. yeah 220 yeah 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 
and you'll find that most managers or a lot of managers that play rare to super rare will do exactly the same. There won't be much thought process going into it. You know, they'll perhaps look at pick scores. And I think that if, even on a budget, if you target specific weeks, you know, like shorter game weeks and stuff like that, or matchups, et cetera, that you can win it. And I'm hoping we can prove it this week, even if it's not us, maybe one of the listeners will do it. But uh, yeah, so th- that's the plan for this week. I'll put the details out in a tweet later today after the episode comes out. But let's move on. Unless there's anything else you guys want to speak about with it related to that? No? Right, let's move on to the picks game. Last week, we had some absolute great cards, which I thought, you know, were perhaps a little bit cheap cards. You know, Davidson, I thought, you know, you couldn't really buy many of him. And even if you could, he'd probably not be too cheap. Uh, David Neres, similar boat, not exactly a bargain basement. And he was in a smash spot. And I went with my little Jani Struckers for St. Truden. Guess who won, lads? Not me. I know that. No, it was me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a groan from the past. Scores now are 3-2-2, two, two, Crystal leading. So Davison, I think he started on the bench, didn't he, if I remember rightly? Yeah, he did. Came on in, he put up 33.3. Um, on Friday night, my guy played Jean Struckers. And I thought he'd put up a score where I was guaranteed to lose on 47.8. So not exactly um, decent. And then Neres played and Benfica drew, didn't they? Was it one all eventually or did they end up winning? One all, I think. Uh, yeah. I think they, had one, they were playing one of the bottom teams in the league, Cassipasa or Casimpia or something like that. That's and so uh, anyway, Neres put up 44.8. So I just won. And so I'm on a roll now, two weeks on the spin. So. Have either of you got your picks ready for this week, or should I go first? You go first, because I'm still I'm 50-50 about these two at the moment. I'm still nice. Try and pick a player that's going to start, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's that's the struggle. It's bloody annoying because they don't even have an AFC game this midweek. They just they just did they just didn't start. Lazy bastard. Painful, isn't it? Right, I'm going to go with um, a guy. I bought his limited and rare. Actually, after chatting with um, Bride, who's got a couple of mentions on the show this week. Um, he, he, I spotted he bought him like a year or so ago, and he was saying, you know, he's more like more than likely to sort of leave Club Bruges at some point, and he's not good enough to go most places, so he'd probably go back to Croatia. And he's decent, you know, he's a decent player, so he went back there. He had a few injury problems, but he's in the team at the moment, and he's doing quite well. You can currently pick him up for three quid or just over three quid for his uh rail, the floor's four quid. His rare three-day average is 45 quid or 0.03. Um, the floor is a lot higher on that, so I definitely wouldn't be buying that floor. But, um, yeah, no, he's back in the team now, and I think he could be a decent shout. So I've gone with him. I was shocked that he was that cheap, but, you know, at the moment, as we've said, you know, I'm shocked when I look at most players. I, I Actually, after you mentioned Ben Yedder a while ago, I had a quick look at his price and I couldn't believe how cheap he was. I know he's not exactly had the best start to the season, but, you know, he's a solid player. But anyway, that's my pick. And he plays for Rijeka in Croatia. Who's got the next one then? Who's ready? Chris? Yeah, go on. I've got one. Um, okay. No so expensive I'm... ones this week. No, he's quite cheap, I think. I'm going to go deliberately cheap. Limited's cheap, anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to go for um, Kento 
Hashabanada. Don't know if I said that right. From Kawasaki Frontale. He's captain of them. Uh, he's midfielder, uh, 25 years old. Last four scores are 86, 97, 63 and 86. Um, scored three three goals in those games with really solid AA as well. Um, he's got a game this weekend, an AFC um, Champions League tie um, against Patham United or Patham United at home who are from Thailand. Um, so last time out against those guys was when he scored a 97.6 away. Uh, with a goal, so yeah, I fancy I fancy another strong showing from Frontale in that game. They should be big. Well, they are big, big favourites. So um, and he's on a lovely run of form. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Tashi Banada, Kento Tashi Banada. I I bought his rare cards, like probably one of the the early rare cards that I bought before he'd even played at all for. Uh, Kawasaki Frontale and then they had the AS ACL that summer you know when they used to have it all compacted together and he ended up playing a few games and got a couple of hundreds and he has been in, the, in and out of the team pretty much ever since and I think he was out for it with an injury wasn't he for a while because I remember he wasn't in the team and he's come back in and as you said he is crushing and he is a really really good player like I remember speaking to someone ages ago that follows them and they were saying that he looked like he could be one of those players that could make the move abroad at some point. Obviously, this season hasn't been quite as good for either him or Kawasaki Frontale, but um, I think he, he could be a decent pickup for the rest of this year, obviously for this weekend and for um, for uh, next season. Yeah, he's about, he's about 60 quid-ish for his rare... Um... Last couple of sales, and limited's like four pound fifty. So I reckon that's budget enough to to get away with this week. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, have you made your choice between your two? I have. I was. I, I had three Which players. Which option are you going for? <laughs> I had three players, right? And the reason why I picked this one is because I am actually wearing a Leon shirt, and he plays for Leon. I'm going with Clinton Matter. Oh yeah, I've got his rare card. So, obviously, he did really well when he was at Bruges, El Bruges, however you say that shit team. And he, uh, you know, he, he was a good, good scorer. And he's come in. He, he had a few decent games of AA. You know, seventeen AA, ten AA, eight AA, and then he had a forty AA game against Clermont Foot without the clean sheet. They play at home to Mets. They're they're a fifty six percent favourite to win. Good matchup um, for Mets then. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've Leon have just got a new manager, and the thing that I'm. I, Leon's manager just got hit in the face with a rock and his yeah, eye no, I saw that. It was horrific, wasn't it? Absolutely awful. So what I'm hoping now is that's going to make the players go out and win a game for him, I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, you know, go and go and do it for the manager. His eyes busted open, you know what I mean? And if not, then they're just pussy holes, aren't they? But uh, I'm going with him. He's he's deliberately cheap. £25 for his rare, £1.93 for his limited. I'm going I'm going cheap because I did cheat a little bit last week. And to be fair, cheat is never win. I got fucking shafted for it. Um, so we'll go we'll go with him. And and to be honest, I think he is one of those players where with a good matchup, he can get good AA because he, he just is one of those players that, you know, he's a good tackler of the ball. He's a good, he's a good dual winner. You know what I mean? Like I like yeah. those kind of like get a bunch of tackles, duels, one, like just smash it. You know what I mean? So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But Home to Mets, who lost their two best players in Maziz and um, Mikatadze. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, fairly decent picks, yeah. Right, we'll see who does well. Can I draw level with uh, Chris? Can he pull for, for further ahead? Or can Haber get his finger out his arse and uh, actually join the top spot as well? But only time will tell. But right, let's move on. Uh, the trope that the competition update is becoming. I am going to do uh, the usual competition. So I will, we are going to do a competition. We have got prizes from So Rare. I just haven't had a chance to set it up yet. And I think we're probably going to launch it now after the next international break, um, just because otherwise there's going to be three sort of game weeks in the middle there, which is just, you know, a complete ball ache to sort of uh, structure the game around. So this weekend, we'll go with the usual. We are going with, I want you to DM me on Twitter, a pick from Friday night's games, a pick from Saturday's games, it cannot play cannot play for any player that is currently in the top four of their league, we'll say. So that sort of cuts out so you know, like basic options of kick it, picking the guys that we've seen in the past. Um hopefully leads to a few outside the box picks. Um obviously you can pick your IX guys because they're rock bottom. Well they may not be by then, but we'll see. But uh so do that, get that into me. Deadline is lock Friday just two guys you've got to send me two names that's it um and the winner will get all my rewards from this upcoming weekend and that's on top of the 220 competition that we're running within the show who i will give a limited team including starting goalkeeper forward midfielder defender and an extra player can't say it'd be a brilliant team but starting goalkeeper is a starting goalkeeper that's everything anything else you guys want to touch on before we get the hell out of here no right that's a bye from me bye from the guys we'll catch you bye. Next week.